Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. We start off this episode with our monthly roundup of prison disturbances, as compiled by Perilous Chronicle. On August 6th, two detainees escaped from Leon County Jail in Texas while participating in a work program. Both prisoners have been recaptured. On the afternoon of August 7, two detainees escaped the Raymond Work Center in Mississippi. One detainee was recaptured shortly after, but as of August 28, 2021, the other prisoner has yet to be captured and allegedly stole a pickup truck from a bus facility. Throughout the afternoon and evening of August 7th, several prisoners detained at the Cuyahoga County Juvenile Detention Center in Cleveland, Ohio, refused to return to their cells after being briefly let out after a sustained confinement due to staff shortages. During the disturbance, several prisoners committed, quote, acts of vandalism, according to a court system. Quote, the vandalism began when some residents failed to follow staff instructions. The juveniles escalated the incident by damaging ceiling tiles, a soap dispensary, windows, a TV, and the fire sprinkler system, end quote. According to contradicting incident reports from the detention center, two separate disturbances occurred at the same time but on different housing units. According to WVIZ IdeaStream, prisoners were, quote, upset about being held in their rooms for extended periods and not being allowed to make phone calls, end quote. Other incident reports on the evening suggest windows were broken and chairs and furniture were thrown. According to the sheriff's department, no force was used, but those involved in the disturbance were handcuffed and, quote, confined, end quote. According to Cleveland.com, quote, Cuyahoga County spokeswoman Mary Louise Madigan said the three-hour riot caused an estimated $20,000 in damages, not including the cost of cleaning or replacing the carpet, end quote. On August 10, an uprising occurred at the Lynchburg Adult Detention Center in Lynchburg, Virginia. According to WFXR Fox News, at around 6 p.m. that evening, 66 prisoners detained in the maximum security housing units barricaded themselves in the unit and took over for over 14 hours. Lynchburg Police Chief Ryan Zuidima said the disturbance ended at around 8 a.m. the next morning and that no force was used and no injuries were reported. There was property damage, such as destruction of camera systems and cell windows, but the extent of the damage wasn't reported. WFXR Fox News interviewed former guards, saying that the reason for the revolt could be due to outdated systems and lack of maintenance, such as mold, in the facility, as well as staff shortages that have led to prolonged lockdowns. Vishan Fuller, who is detained at the jail, said, quote, we haven't been outside in like two weeks. There are 14 cells that don't work properly with the toilets, and in the other cells, most of the water doesn't work in the room, end quote. 
On August 11th, a disturbance occurred at Presidio County Jail in Marfa, Texas. According to CBS 7 News, several detainees refused to comply with officers and covered their windows. The U.S. Marshals were called in to, quote, de-escalate, end quote, and no further information has been provided about the cause of the event or how the U.S. Marshals responded. On Friday, August 20th, several disturbances occurred at Philadelphia Industrial Correctional Center in Pennsylvania. According to a Philadelphia Inquirer article about a protest on August 25th organized by former and current guards of the Philadelphia Department of Prisons about unsafe working conditions, David Robinson, the president of the union representing correctional officers, mentioned a, quote, riot, end quote, at the facility on the 20th. According to Robinson, several prisoners, quote, reached, end quote, their cells, and after a few hundred other prisoners became involved, he said, quote, several similar disturbances occurred in the jail over the weekend, end quote. The Inquirer also reported on internal documents that said a guard was attacked in one jail and a fire was set in another, but the details of these events and the specific facilities that the events were located in were not disclosed. In an Instagram video circulated on August 20th that is allegedly of a prisoner inside the facility during the disturbances, in which he discusses the poor conditions of the jail since the beginning of the pandemic. On the early evening of Sunday, August 22nd, a disturbance occurred at Aiken County Detention Center in Aiken, South Carolina. According to ABC News Channel 6, the disturbance occurred when one detainee couldn't comply with orders and then, in a statement by the Aiken County Sheriff's Office, quote, the entire pod became one big disturbance, end quote. About 50 prisoners were involved. The cause of the disturbance is unknown and no injuries have been reported. A maximum security unit at the Hudson County Correctional Facility in New Jersey went on a 72-hour quarantine lockdown on Monday, August 23rd, after seven detainees had COVID-19 symptoms. According to some sources in the Jersey Journal, several detainees began refusing food and medicine on Monday, though the county spokesperson for the facility did not confirm this. The Jersey Journal reported that by Thursday the 26th, the lockdown was ongoing and in-person visits were canceled, and that the COVID-19 tests had yet to come back, in which detainees then tried to block guards from coming on the unit by pouring soap and water on the floors and trying to close the doors with bed sheets. Pepper spray was deployed. The county spokesperson said that no injuries were reported and that the unit remained on lockdown. This month, we commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Attica Prison Uprising, a high point of the prisoners' movement of the 60s and 70s. On September 9, 1971, prisoners revolted, building on their own organizing and local grievances, as well as responding to the assassination of George Jackson by guards at Soledad Prison in California. Right now, marking both events and continuing the long tradition of struggle, prisoners and their allies across the U.S. are conducting a shut down campaign against prison slavery. Today we have Frank Smith, known as Big Black, who was a prisoner at Attica who participated in the uprising and successfully organized the security for outside negotiators who entered the prison. 
He was ferociously tortured by guards in retaliation for his participation in the rebellion, and gave this interview we're sharing today while being held in extended solitary confinement after the uprising. This was recorded in February 1972, just months after the Attica Rebellion. A state official was present for the interview for purposes of intimidation and surveillance, so that imposed some limits on what Frank was able to say about the uprising itself, but he spoke about conditions in the prison. Content warning that he describes physical violence and racial abuse at the hands of prison officials. Here he is. First of all, I must go to this. The mass murder that took place on the 13th of September. Cold-blooded, premeditated murder. This is not a farce. I am telling you what I seen with my own eyes. I speak of my dead brother, L.D. Barkley. I know for a fact that he was premeditatedly murdered. I know this. My life is in danger all the time, 24 hours a day. I know this, but my life is for the people, for the rest of my life, for the oppressive people. When I speak about this, I get emotional because I see the thing that exists. I've seen a bunch of people that's supposed to be human beings, them, meaning come, and this totally destroy, this totally, this take everything apart, this shoot, like they shoot wild animals in a jungle, just killing people at random. Closest for me to you with nothing to fight with. Cold-blooded surrender with his hand on his head, but he still be exposed to being killed and was killed. Myself, I was taken out of the yard and I was put on a table, nude. F, lady wasn't in the room, which I don't think is necessary. My body at present have cigar burns, cigarette burns all over it. My testicles at times bother me now from cigarette butts, sticks, rifles, laying on the table with my head looking up at the catwalk being spit on, hot shells thrown on my body, cigarettes thrown on my testicles. Every once in a while, they had a football under my throat. I had to lay in that position, and if the football fall, I am looking up at a shotgun, and if it fall from under my chin, I would be killed. And I know for a fact that they intended to do this because I was a I was a black I went contrary to their rules, the system of this concentration camp. Now, I was taken off the table and brought to this front door out here and was brutally assaulted for 45 minutes to an hour. This mark that I have in my head, a scar, right there, as you can see, I received that. My back, my arms, my legs, everything. I couldn't even walk. That's how bad I was beat by five pigs. And each and every one I know, and my lawyers know, I will not call no name at this time. I reserve that right. But I know who did this. I was taken to the hospital, treated as a beast, no assistant at all. I was laying on the floor, I was stepped on. 
five or six times. I was taken in a room by myself and was beat in my testicles, almost to the extent that I passed out with a rifle butt. Black power, huh? Black power, huh? That's all was said to me while I was in that room, criticizing, provoking, trying to make me be the animal that he is to reverse the victim to the criminal, the criminal to the victim. One of the finesses as far as the human being is concerned. I was taken out of the hospital, brought back outside where you come in the door, dumped on the floor in the elevator, was kicked, beat all the way upstairs in maximum security and thrown in a cell, nude with the windows open, nothing in the cell but a mattress and a pillow and a toilet and a sink for two days. I tried to cover up with my pillow. Can you imagine 250 pounds getting under a pillow? State troopers and police came by and said, get out from under that pillow. We wanted you to have a cover. We would give you one. You're going to die in the morning. So it don't make no difference. Nowhere, whether you freeze or we kill you. But fortunate enough, I lived to be here today to tell you and the world that these people meaning these pigs, this system, this form of government that they call democracy, doing nothing but keeping the oppressed people on their back to make things black occur nine on will happen because people run to a point, they get to a point where they can't resist anymore. They don't have no other choice because you are repressed. They got you against a wall, you can't go no further. It's not a plot. You don't need the plot. Minds and ideas can exchange spontaneously when you are being oppressed. You don't need to sit down and draw up a diagram to the conditions and what is happening. You see it every day. They are doing it to you, and they know they are doing it. But they are white. And the money and the power is the control. They can do these things and don't have to answer to nobody at all. Because whatever they do, that makes them right. Because you have lost your rights. But tell me this, what about my humane rights? Do I have them? Who can take them? You cannot take them if I don't give them to you. And I refuse to give that to anybody. So when they speak about revolution, they must speak about a change. And if they're going to speak about revolution, they must know that a change must be because we are human beings and we got to be treated like human beings. They're talking about rehabilitation, reform. To what? How? They're talking about security for the gods. What type of security? Our education? To learn him how to communicate with the inmate. To show him that the inmate have a problem too and it does exist. Give him something so when he come here, if I got a problem, I can discuss it with him and get some kind of decision you can't do this because he's stripped too. The average one don't even know what a 11th grade education is. But yet and still he tells me he's a man, but that's wrong. Because a man have a penis and Tesco does not make him a man. And believe that. A man knows and is able to think. He must be able to think. That's what makes everybody different. Even though they might be male or female, there's no two identical beings, human beings in the world, but they won't let this happen.
They want the key, the system, they system. You got to abide by they system. But they're going to give you rehabilitation. How? What are they going to give it to you with? They're going to get you a maxi maxi. What is a maxi maxi? Who determined when a man is a radical, when he's a militant, when he's a revolutionary? Who determines this? Who's an authority with this? Who decides that I'm supposed to go on a max institution because I live by my ideology? Because I want to think? Because I want humane treatment? That makes me a max? That makes me a radical? That makes me a revolutionary? That makes me a militant? Then so be it. That's all right, too. But he's not an authority to say that I'm a radical when he haven't passed judgment on himself. We got brothers upstairs, no doubt, in the whole institutions. When I say institutions, I mean all penal institutions, concentration camps all over the world. That's in the same predicament and will always be as long as you cease to understand that I must think too, that I am capable of thinking, that I exist. I want you to care about me. Think about me. Because I want to think about myself. But they're going to rob you. They won't give you a chance to do these things. They won't give you no foundation. They won't give you nothing. You can't build nothing. Now you take upstairs. I got studies. We have classes to get to know ourselves. As I say, people of all you, not just black, people of all color, oppressed people. We are studying to learn ourselves because we have no time to do nothing else but study because we're in our cell 24 hours a day. We goes into the political science of this world that we live in and we deals with it. We understand the mechanism. We deals with that. We see, we studies. So we got to be familiar with the problem. We try and give it up. We gives it up. We gives it to you. We gives it to the young lady here. We gives it to Celine. We gives it to the gentleman over there. We give it to the proper authority. But they deny it. They won't even accept it. They won't even entertain it. And the thing we say is nothing. It don't mean nothing. Because you either do this or you don't do nothing. We cause the shock. You lost all rights to voice an opinion about yourself. You no longer yourself. You are me. You are what I make you, which that you are. That is what is happening in the institution. What is that a plot? You take 50 black men, they'll stand in the corner and they'll talk. The police will come and make you disband. You take 50 white men and you stand them in the corner and he won't say nothing to them all day. Because they say when a black man is thinking, then there's something might happen. But when a white man is thinking, then he's thinking the way he's thinking. So his rhetoric really is nothing that he's not familiar with. But my rhetoric can arrive at a positive decision contrary to what he want me to do. So he disband me. That creates a racial problem. Because this white, brown, blue, red, black, everybody wants to know what is happening in the world. So naturally, in any class that you see, or any group that you see, there's no doubt in my mind that you won't just see black. You won't just see white. And if you see a white two to one, 
he's gonna get a conversation later on. You hanging out with them, huh? You understand what I'm saying? If he don't get it direct from the pig, the pig gonna give it to you or give it to another inmate rather, and he's gonna give it to him. You understand? And if they see me hanging out with 15 to 20 whites, then they're gonna tell the white that that's the you're hanging out with. Don't you know it rubs off? Those type of things exist in these concentration camps. And what makes it so cool? The administration know this. They know this. The problem is, what are they going to do about this? Something got to be done. It's got to be done by the governor, by the people, because that is the governor. The people must know that we are dying. We are being murdered every day. That is what's happening in here, in all the Atticus over the world. That's what's going on. We are being killed, deliberately deprived of any humane rights. They don't exist no more to the administration, all the way up to the governor, even the president of the United States. Don't no one care about us. Why? We are human beings too. We know we are incarcerated. Do something about me while I'm here. Help me to solve my problem. Don't let me solve your problem because your problem doesn't exist. You said this because if you wearing blue and I'm wearing green, I'm the only one who got a problem. You don't have none. As I said, as people want to be liberal, they don't be. And I'll say the reason that they don't want to be is because a man might criticize his fellow officer. But that's just another form. That's all. Because if a man got something to do, he's going to do it. Because that's what I'm going to do. If I got something to do and know what I got to do, then I'm going to do this. Come what me. You say what you want to say. I'm going to do these things. Because these are the things that I'm supposed to do. These are the things that's right as a human being to do. I'm not destroying nothing. I'm trying to be enlightened. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to know. I'm trying to deal with the oppressed. I'm trying to understand why I'm on my back and you won't let me get up because that's what's happening to the peoples in these institutions. That's what's going on. They got us down on our back and we will not get up until they let us up. And they refuse to do this. And the people got to know this. In the world, the thing that they feel and they cease to understand is this. A prison doesn't necessarily mean that you're incarcerated in a concentration camp. That's just another form. Because there's three prisons to all given human beings. I'm in one in HBZ. And if I was in a population, I'd be in another one. And there's one in the street too. There's a prison out there too. It's just a bigger one. You can explore a little further, but you're still in the prison because you are subject to the same kind of treatment. You are being exposed to the same kind of treatment, only it's on a bigger scale. Because you can't hold him, because he can move, but he's still oppressed. He's still being oppressed, regardless of the way he's at. But they must understand out there, we are human beings. Let us live as human beings. Stop treating us as beasts. Stop throwing bread at us. Stop sticking their hand in our food. Stop depriving us of medical care. Give us assistance. Give us advice. Give us the proper education. We're going to speak about reform. Reform. 
Don't talk about protection for the police. He got his protection. He goes home after eight hours. We got to remain here 24 hours. If he relates and communicates and know me, then that's all the protection he needs. He don't need, there's no other form of protection for him. He can't walk down the hallway with a pistol on his arm because the average one is going to be afraid to because he's insecure, because he's not right mentally, because he has not had the proper education to deal with another human being. White man can't deal with me, and that's the population of the administration. White, white. Puerto Ricans and blacks don't have nobody to talk to. I talk to an authority or some captain or lieutenant or sergeant or some officer or something. He goes in one end out the other. And I got a problem. I want them to do something for me. But I'm deprived of this. Yeah, okay. But then it's nothing but rhetoric. No respond. He comes back and he gives me a false, a cold-blooded delivery. Lie. That's what he gives me. And they say, we don't have a problem. Believe me, I want you to understand, we have a problem and it exists presently. And they are making it more tighter and more oppressive than it were before. And it's got to change, it's got to change because if it don't change, this is just another chapter. That's all it is. The inmate now, since the 13th, has been enlightened to some extent to the purpose of him being a man, a human being, be what color he is. He identifies with himself more. He seeks the problem at hand. He has dealt with the problem at hand. He has laid it out and he then picked it and then screened it and then looked into it and then found out what is wrong and what is happening, what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad. He's thinking because, as I told you, that's all we have time to do is think. The only time you come out your cell is when you come out to take a shower for five or ten minutes or you come down to see the lawyer or the interview that I'm on now. Other than that, no. If they send you in the recreation room, a recreation is consistent of a cell, a room smaller than the cell that you stay in. So really, my recreation would be just to open the window, stand up and talk to my next door neighbor, talk to someone on the chair. That's my form of recreation, the average man or person in HBZ. That's the only form. So the education and, 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 and the status now, when I say well, rougher, is for this reason. Even after dealing with the problem and knowing what the problem is, it has been exposed, 43 people. There have still been no consideration. All rhetoric. Everybody's talking about we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. When you're going to do this? The problem is now. And it's going to continue. Other than that, goods that you sold me last week, you can't sell them to me no more. Because after buying them one time, I know they're no good. I'm going to refuse to do business with you anymore. I mean, you can't do no more business. And the people here understand this. And my brothers understand that they understand this. And my brothers understand themselves because I understand myself more so now than I have ever in my life. And what I am giving you and the people, I want them to know that they are killing us. And something has got to be done about it. If you care at all, do something about the situation at hand, please. Because if you don't, 
the sons, the daughters, the fathers, and the mothers. No telling what might happen. The full interview was originally broadcast by WBAI, and we share the selection now courtesy of Pacifica Radio Archives. This has been KiteLine. After a brief hiatus, we're happy to report that our prisoner call-in phone line is back. Folks on the inside or their outside friends and supporters can call 765-343-6236 to record a message to be played on the air. Please share this number widely and we'll try to answer and air all messages possible. Again, that's 765-343-6236. You can follow KiteLine Radio on all social media platforms. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Thank you for listening.